Hi there, it's Jillian, and I want to tell you about Jillian on Love Plus, your way to get even more Jillian on Love each week by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Patreon. You can access exclusive bonus episodes with extras, including answers to your most burning questions, advice on all things dating and relationships, and much more. Check out the link in the episode description for more information. Hey there, this is Jillian on Love, and I am on a mission to teach people how to completely revolutionize their romantic relationships by first transforming the relationship they have with themselves. So whether you're in a relationship, you're single, or heartbroken, I've got you covered. I'm Jillian Tarecki, certified relationship coach and teacher with over 20 years experience helping people transform their relationship with themselves through their bodies, breath, and mind. I have coached and taught thousands of people to become better versions of themselves and change the way they show up for and within their love lives. Today's episode is in honor of Stress Awareness Month. And I was very much looking forward to taking advantage of this because Many of you probably already know, if you listen to Jillian on Love with any frequency, that a huge part of my message is that it is how we relate to ourselves that really determines the quality of our lives, specifically our love lives. How we relate to ourselves will have a profound impact on our relationships, very specifically a romantic relationship. I often speak about this with regards to self-worth, self-esteem, and how well we take care of ourselves. But today I want to talk about self-awareness, particularly self-awareness when it comes to our stress awareness. And I also want to give some pretty important tools on how to manage and navigate your romantic relationship, whether you're in one now or you can reflect on your past one and as important, prepare for your next one so that your next relationship or your relationship now doesn't get overwhelmed by unnecessary stress. Because there is no question that probably one of the most frequent or most common patterns that I see that leads to a couple breaking up, splitting up, divorcing, is because of stress, because of the stress that they're facing as a couple. And I'm not saying that these these could be really big stressors, or they could be not so big stressors, but it's just how they're responding to it. And so I've seen countless times couples who were faced with circumstances that they did not know how to how to deal and how to cope as a united front. I've seen people in relationships where one person is just so stressed out and it really becomes an overwhelming thing to deal with. Their partner finds it very overwhelming because in case you hadn't noticed, When we're stressed, I know this must have happened to you, it definitely happens to me, when we're stressed, stress is a part of life, right? So there's all these 
stressors that are happening all the time. But when we feel like our stress is bigger than our nervous systems, minds, when we feel like we can't face that stress, when we can't cope with our stress, when our stress is bigger than our body's ability and mind's ability to cope with that stress, then it takes over our lives. And then we end up feeling not like ourselves. And then next thing you know, the person who we are in a relationship with doesn't feel like they're in a relationship with us anymore. And so there's a spectrum for sure when it comes to stress, its impact, how we're reacting to stress, its impact on our romantic relationships. Like I said, it doesn't have to be a major thing. It could just be the everyday stress and how we deal with it. And if we're always dealing with it poorly, then that's going to impact the quality of our relationships because people think that their relationship will improve once their lives become less stressful. But the truth is, it's changing how we react to stress that will ultimately improve the relationship. And I am certainly not claiming that this is easy in all circumstances. Sometimes this requires a lot of outsourcing and a lot of help and a lot of work. And people don't like to hear this truth. But it is a truth that people need to hear. And I'll say it again. It's people think that their relationship will improve once their lives become less stressful. But the truth is it's changing how we react to stress that will ultimately improve the relationship. Everything always boils down to us and our relationship with ourselves because life will always be filled with stress. There will be money stress. If you have kids, there'll be stress with that. Jobs, illness, family. It's really rarely life's circumstances. It's how we respond to them. There are circumstances that happen that would dismantle anyone, that would really shake anyone's life to the core. But I think that if we are really honest, and I know from my professional experience and personal experience, that more times than not, it's not the big event. It's the little things not going our way that we are habitually reacting to in ways that are weakening our bodies and our minds and weakening our lives and weakening our relationship. It's really changing how we respond and react to it, to stress, to the things that aren't going our way, that are stressing us out that will really have the most impact on our relationships. Nietzsche has a famous quote that says, when we are tired, we are attacked by ideas we conquered long ago. I'll never forget reading that for the first time and then I read it again recently. It just blew me away because, I mean, it's just so true. When we're tired, our moods shift. We can more easily feel down, sad, blue. 
when we're feeling really exhausted, right? It's not the same thing as like tired at the end of the day because you had a really good day. It's like this mental exhaustion and physical exhaustion. When this happens, we have more stressful thoughts. And the more stressful thoughts we have, the more we become stressed. And the more stressed we become, the more tired. And then the more tired, the more stressful thoughts. And it's a cycle. It's a wheel that so many people are on that they can't seem to jump out of. This is the undeniable connection between our bodies and minds. When we are exhausted, our inner voices become harsher. And like Nietzsche said, I wish I said it, we get attacked by ideas we conquered long ago. So all of a sudden we feel like we're regressing. We think to ourselves, I must not be healed. I must not be okay. Or maybe we came to a solution to a problem when we're tired. We get caught up obsessing about it again. And we have these stressful thoughts. And then a case, if you will, that was closed and gets reopened again. Just simply being physiologically stressed out, like bodies going into burnout, will make us feel weak mentally. All of a sudden, our decision-making skills decline, our resourcefulness declines, our ability to see the positive side of things decline. And like I said, we'll feel like all the healing and progress we made is just null and void. But what if during these moments... We could recognize that when these thoughts, feelings, and struggles come up, we don't actually have to trust them. What if we can say to ourselves in these moments, I'm not thinking clearly, I'm exhausted. I need to wait until tomorrow, until I've had some rest, until I've had some space. And that's, to me, is the level of self-awareness that we need in order to be more emotionally regulated and not taken down by stress. And so is it the circumstance or is it a habit of mine to be really stressed out about something? And this is when we have to take the hard look in the mirror and get honest with ourselves We have to get honest about what our level of tolerance is. How stressed out are we, even if there's nothing quote-unquote bad happening? And then that really begs the question that I want to explore here today is where our stress tolerance comes from or lack thereof. First, I want to say it's a pattern. Yes, there are rare and very dire circumstances that happen in life, for sure, what we went through just in 2020 and just personal things like death and illness. But what about the things that if we were honest with ourselves that we get stressed out over that, again, we would need a reality check on to be like, wow, okay, this isn't actually really stressful. So where does this come from? If you have a pattern of reacting instead of responding to life, If you happen to be just more reactive and therefore more stressed out than you would like to be, than what is comfortable, than what you see others experience, and this is no judgment, I've been there, you have to know this is not who you are. 
It's not who any of us are. It truly is a pattern. So where does it come from? Well, it could be that you saw it growing up. Maybe one or both of your parents or caregivers were very reactive. They were very stressed out. And so we model that. It's what we know. Maybe insecurity dominated the household. Maybe there was a lot of insecurity around money. Maybe there was a lot of insecurity around health. Maybe there was just a lot of fear. And that could be because of certain circumstances. It could just be the psychology of one or both of your parents simply based on their generation or the culture that they were raised within. The ethos of your household growing up, your childhood, was glass is half empty, not half full. And that most of the time is just a survival strategy. It's not a judgment. This is just speaking facts. Then, I don't know, chances are you grow up and more times than not, you see the glass half empty than you do see it full. And that creates a lot of stress. Another reason is trauma. Your body is stuck in fight or flight. I've been there. And so your nervous system becomes very dysregulated and stress tolerance goes down. Stress tolerance can go down from the trauma of not having enough nutrients. So our stress response declines significantly from lack of sleep, lack of exercise, lack of important nutrients. So if we're not eating well, dehydration, trauma. And then number three, which is related to what I said about number one, is just the habit of going to the negative first. A habit of never just being okay with how things are. The grass is always greener on the other side. The anxiety of catastrophizing the future. The addiction to certainty. Things having to be a certain way. Feeling out of control. Yes, you can trace that back to trauma. You could also trace that back to learned behavior from one of your, both of your parents. It could also be trauma from childhood. It could be trauma from a past relationship. But it's still a habit. And so we could have a habit of just creating a lot of stories about things that aren't true. Like from a very basic example standpoint, let's say you're running five minutes late somewhere, but you like to be on time. No, you like to be actually five minutes early and you're running late. That's going to create a stress state because... In your mind, in order to be polite, in order to be in alignment with what it is that you value, which is to be on time, you are doing exactly what you're not quote unquote supposed to be doing. So then you get into a stress state and you create a whole story around it. I'm always on time. I like to be early. Now I'm late. Now they're going to be mad at me. Now I'm going to be seen as that person who's always late. And I mean, that story can go on and on. All because you're five minutes late and you have a blueprint that says, I must always be five minutes early. Now, I use that example because not only is it a basic example, but it's so common. It drives the point home of the point I'm trying to make, which is basically, these are the things we stress about the most. 
And these are the kind of things that we stress about. And if it's happening all the time, it's like the little things stack one on top of the other. And then by the end of the day, you're a stress case and nothing really happened except that you were just late. Can you relate to this? Even if it's not about lateness, but something else? I know I certainly can. And that could be compounded by the fact that there's other things going on in your life that's making you more reactive to that. It could be that you didn't have a good night's sleep, right? So there's so many variables. There's so many ingredients in the soup that can create this. But this episode is really about building stress awareness, self-awareness about what our patterns are when it comes to this and how it's impacting our lives and how it's impacting our love lives. The next thing to do is just to ask yourself, how does this impact your relationship? If you're single, how did it impact your past relationship? Did you notice it in your partner? Maybe it wasn't you, maybe it was them or both of you. How does it impact your relationship? Are you bringing your stressed out states home while bringing your better self to others? Are you snapping a lot? Are you distracted, closed off? Are they? Are you feeling disconnected? Because when we're stressed, we are disconnected from ourselves and we feel very ungrounded. Being in a stressful state is just not a connected state. It's like almost like an out-of-body experience. It's almost like we leave our bodies in that moment and we're just like a neck and a head running around. So we don't feel, whether it's just a moment 15 minutes of deep stress because we're five minutes late, whether it's stress that's just been compounding because we have this story in our minds that we should be at a certain stage of our life and we're not, whether it's the stress of having to move, whether it's the stress of just the world today, whatever the stress is, when it's systemic enough, right? Because we all need a little bit of stress to like get moving in the day. A little bit of stress is kind of healthy, but when it becomes systemic and we're exhausted and we're starting to feel the physical symptoms like the tension around the neck and the top of the shoulders, otherwise known as the trapezius muscles in the back of the neck, and then our jaws, and we're starting to get headaches or we feel dehydrated or stomach hurts. We're starting to feel pain in our lower back or hips. We are just not integrated in those moments. We are not whole in those moments. So when we feel disconnected from self, when we're having an out-of-body experience, whether it's a 15-minute or it's systemic and going on, we will inevitably feel disconnected from them, whoever them is, partner or just anyone who you're close with. I mentioned something about when we're stressed and our inner voices, when we are under stress, become louder and harsher, and usually telling us lies. I mean, you can say that our inner voices are trying to protect us in those moments, but often it's telling us lies about how, you know, we should be a certain way, or life should be a certain way, or we're too much of this and not enough of that. Our inner voices have tremendous influence. How we talk to ourselves about the person who we are in a relationship with will define the relationship. And so 
without question, one of the ways in which we improve a relationship that needs improving is learning how to conquer negativity. We need to master that inner voice, which we will never really master, but we have to stay on top of it. Of course, when we're talking about ourselves, but again, how we're talking about them. And a couple of things to take note of is when you do find yourself speaking negatively about your partner to yourself, oh, they never do this. Why don't they ever do that? Or I don't like the way they look or they're really bothering me or why are they always doing that? And sometimes these thoughts are so fast that they're unconscious that we don't even realize that we're nitpicking and criticizing this other person in our minds. We might not be doing that at all to their faces. We may not even be saying that at all to our friends or we might be, but we're doing it in our minds. And then all of a sudden, We're not seeing them. We're seeing them through the filter of these negative thoughts about them. And you have to ask yourself if you fall prey to this, you know, what is really bothering you? You have to ask yourself, what is really bothering me? Is it them? Is it really them that's bothering me right now? Or is it my mood? Is it that I'm exhausted? And I'm just frustrated in general, so all I can see is the negative. Is my resentment really about them, or is it something else? Another thing to observe is, or to explore is, like I said, a pattern. Do you have a pattern of focusing on the negative and what is missing in your relationship and your partner, which again is often a strategy to get more safety when we feel out of control, but... I know many people who have that pattern of always focusing on what's wrong with the other person and what is missing. And again, if you were to dive deeper, a lot of that has to do with trying to protect ourselves from pain, from suffering, from abandonment, from hurt. But the paradox is just that it just creates more pain and suffering. Because if we only focus on what's missing in our partner, in our lives, in any relationship, then we are going to feel so victimized. We're just going to feel lack. We're going to get frustrated. In a relationship, we're going to want to change them and hope for them to be different. We're going to get angry at them. And then all of a sudden, we're just in a bad mood and we're thinking, oh God, I just don't want them to touch me. I just want them to go away from me. When really... It's stress. Now, I understand there could be other things going on, but for today's purposes, I'm focusing on the stress. And these are not easy questions to ask ourselves. This, again, for Stress Awareness Month, I'm really focusing on the self-awareness piece. That when our moods are down, when we're tired, when we don't feel physically, physiologically, mentally, and emotionally strong, when we actually feel weak, we cannot trust how we see the world. We cannot trust how we see ourselves. And we certainly cannot trust how we see our partner. And so this is when we're in these states. That's when we can't trust ourselves. Can't trust our thoughts. So what do we do about this? Well, number one, the first step is always the awareness. We can't stop at the self-awareness, 
but we literally cannot go to deeper levels of healing. We can't go to repair. We can't fix anything without the awareness. Just can't. And in many ways, this is the hardest step because it's about practicing. It's about being consistently aware of our states. It could be like you're feeling stressed out. You're feeling discombobulated. You're feeling down. Okay. I'm now starting to have all these thoughts. I'm starting to catastrophize about the future. I'm starting to question my love for this person who I completely love, but now I'm questioning them. I'm questioning my love. I'm questioning myself. We all get into those moments of extreme self-doubt where we start to question everything. First, when you notice that start to happen, first thing you have to do is say, am I tired? Have I been sleeping? Have I, am I nourished? Am I hydrated? And then lastly, is there something else that's been going on in my life that's really causing me a lot of stress that I haven't been dealing with that I need to deal with because it's impacting everything else? So that's first and foremost. And then number two, communicate. This is one of the most simple relationship tips I can give that also has such far-reaching impact. You're in a relationship and you're in an off mood for whatever reason. The reason is irrelevant. Just simply telling your spouse, your partner, your significant other, whatever you call them, just simply telling them, hey, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed just feeling kind of off today. I just want you to know it's not you. That is just so kind and the conscious thing to do, the right thing to do, because I'm sure many of you have experienced being in a relationship with someone who's just off and in a bad mood and you're thinking, oh my God, is it me? Like what's going on? There's this guessing game and they're not communicating. It sucks. So you must communicate. So that is really important. It's not you, it's me, but don't give that line because that can be a really stressful line. It's just like, hey, I'm really off today. I just want you to know it's got nothing to do with you. I love you. And then if you're receiving that, you just say, okay. You might say, if there's anything I can do to help, let me know. Don't then try to fix it. Don't then try to change their mood. Don't try to manage their mood. Some of you might do that because that is a trauma from childhood, but don't. And that's certainly another episode. The harder communication is because sometimes we don't even realize this is happening. I've worked with so many couples where there's financial pressure. They have their first child. And, you know, I've spoken to a lot of men who feel this financial pressure to provide. And so they're switching jobs. And this is with women too, but I've seen this more with men and they're switching jobs. And, you know, they're just doing what it is that they have to do, but it's a lot of pressure on their shoulders and they're not talking about it. Or, you know, having your first child, women who have their first child or even their second child, and they're feeling a lot of pressure to be a great mom on top of all their other responsibilities. And they're not talking about it. It's incredibly, these are two very stressful things, job stuff, money stuff, parenting stuff. And these are the two things that many couples will face where they are confronted with their deep fear of not being good enough, of not being adequate enough. 
And sometimes we don't even notice that this is what's actually going on in ourselves. That's why we're not communicating it. It's not just, oh, I don't know how to communicate. It's I haven't gotten in touch with myself yet to know that this is what's going on. And sometimes we need help doing that. Sometimes we need a therapist, a coach, a best friend, a mentor to talk about, to say, wow, I didn't even realize that I was having so much pressure. And then once you realize that, then what I urge everyone to do is communicate. This is how we build emotional intimacy. This is how we create bridges with the person who we are in relationship with rather than gaps. I realize I'm having so much, you just say something, I realize I'm just under a lot of pressure right now and I'm trying to cope with it, but it's really overwhelming. I really want to be enough. I really want to make sure that I make enough money. I really want to make sure that I work, but also have creative pursuits. I'm feeling very overwhelmed by life. I feel very overwhelmed by being a parent. I'm afraid that I'm going to mess it up, or I feel like I don't have any time for myself. I'm just using these examples as low-hanging fruit, but life can get complicated. I talked about the silly stress of being five minutes late and how we get totally dysregulated over these little things that really decrease the quality of our lives and our relationships. And it's allowing these little things to really mess with us. That we have to get better at not letting that happen. We have to get real with ourselves. But then there's just these stresses that are just really real, the pressures that we have. And so communication is key. Number three, learning how to relax and specifically learning how to relax together, engaging in stress and stress reducing activities together. It's so important to know how to relax, whether it's taking a walk, whether it's taking a bath, whether it's reading a book, whether it's watching a movie, whether it's just sitting outside in nature. But if you're in a relationship or you ever plan to be in one, do these activities together, learning how to relax together and having that shared experience of stress reduction together is so key. You can dance together, have a nice meal together, take a nap together, take a walk together, take a swim together. Read a book together or read your own book in the same room together. Do this for yourself. I think that goes without say. But like I said, if you're in a relationship, do relaxing things together every day, even if it's just for a few minutes. Make it a ritual. And speaking of rituals, number four, we need daily rituals. Look, if there is a lot of low stress tolerance, like your stress tolerance is very low, like maybe you're just burnt out psychologically and physically, then some changes, some lifestyle changes need to be made. This is the harder stuff. Learning how to meditate. I don't care if it's something from YouTube. I do a whole, a few relaxation meditations on Jelena on Love Plus. But if for free, you can get it on YouTube. Exercise, eating well, resting, gratitude journals. I know that it sounds sort of like a gratitude journal, but it really helps. 
even just thinking to yourself every morning, three things you're really grateful for and three things before you go to sleep that you're really grateful for. I mean, these are the practices of people who have a resilient stress tolerance. And so we have to take note of what these people are doing because they're leaving us some clues here as to how we can actually lead more fulfilling lives and have better relationships with ourselves and with others. And the gratitude practice is practiced by many, preached by many. So it works, but we just have to do it. Number five, there's a really amazing strategy if you're in a relationship for reducing just the stress of your household and of your relationship. And it is the partnership of a relationship, right? So if you're living together, then there are certain things that need to be discussed, right? There's a partnership that's happened. It's like you're running a business together, but the business is the household and it definitely becomes much more complicated when there's children. But even if there's no children, you're running a business together in many ways when you live together and things come up and also things come up in the relationship. And one of the biggest mistakes that I see couples do is that they'll bring up their grievances throughout the week or bring up their problems throughout the week. Choose one day a week. Think of it as like an executive meeting where you sit down in a neutral place and you go over everything. You go over the chores of the household. You go over any grievances. You go over any scheduling stuff. You know, maybe you do this first thing Monday morning. You go over like doing date night, you go over whatever it is and you go over it like you would in a business meeting, but it means that you have to end on a good note. You have to make sure that you end on a good note. So even if it takes a little bit longer sometimes so that you can compromise, negotiate, do all the things that are not sexy about a relationship, but actually is very important because it makes the relationship function better. And you have to end on a good note. And then you can't bring up the grievances throughout the week. You have to wait to the next meeting. I mean, obviously, if it's something extremely dire, that's something else. But I think you get my point. Number six, and this is something that I've discussed on other podcasts, but a high degree of reactivity to life means a very low stress tolerance. And what's happening is that we are reacting to life instead of responding and what we have to learn how to do is to pause before responding and recalibrate, catch our breath, instead of just firing off reactions all the time, getting annoyed, freaking out in the car when we're five minutes late, freaking out when we get that text that we don't like, or we don't get a text fast enough, we don't like what they said. I mean, what I'm suggesting here is absolutely not easy, but it is 100% essential. It is part of the practice of just being a better partner, being a happier person, a more fulfilled person. And this is actually why I love yoga so much, because I really believe not to push yoga on anyone, but really the practice of yoga is about being in these incredibly challenging positions and learning to breathe through them without just constantly reacting and just almost delving deeper into the discomfort and getting curious about the discomfort 
And once again, learning to breathe and to breathe through the discomfort instead of reacting with withdrawing, controlling, complaining, freaking out, adrenaline, all of that, just taking a step back and breathing. This may have to be practiced over and over and over again, and it is not going to be mastered overnight. There are going to be times where you do a good job, and there are going to be times where you fail miserably, and you just have to accept and love yourself anyway. This is what it's all about. This is what the great yogic masters speak about. This is what, I mean, all the the Dalai Lama speaks about, what ancient Buddhist texts talk about. I mean, this is what it's all about. Pausing before reacting to life. And it's in that moment of pause that we start to lower our stress hormones. Maybe it's taking a walk. This is what meditation does. Meditation actually trains the nervous system to pause. Exercise, very specifically yoga, but I'm not going to say it's just yoga, just exercise in general, trains us to practice the pause. Number seven, which is related just becoming aware of your states. It's self-inquiry. Am I tired? Can I trust my thoughts right now? Do I need a nap? Do I just need a good night's sleep? Do I need a good meal? Number eight, nervous system regulation. This is for, like I said, there might have to be some serious lifestyle changes. You might need help. I mean, I am just a huge advocate for help. I mean, I do this podcast to be of help. My work is to be of help. There are so many things that I never would have been able to heal in my life if it weren't for help. And if you are feeling like really, if you suspect that your low tolerance for stress is related to some sort of trauma, that your physiology is stuck in some sort of fight or flight, get help. Sometimes talk therapy helps. Sometimes it's massage. Some people like EMDR therapy. I mean, there's all sorts of things that you can do. There's acupuncture. Because sometimes our minds will be like, wow, I feel better. But our bodies are somehow like haven't caught up with our minds, our thoughts about some sort of trauma. And sometimes it's just working with a body worker, like I said, some deep sort of massage or acupuncture. These can have a really positive impact on our physiological stress. If you wanted to go down the wormhole, you can look up things on the vagus nerve and working on the vagus nerve. I would go to a body worker for that. I think that really at the end of the day, it's about becoming proactive and consciously aware of our stress. And if we are in a relationship, learning how to communicate learning how to introduce rituals like relaxing together, figuring out your inner voice, but just knowing that it might just be something in you and your stress and that it's not really your relationship could be very helpful. And then lastly, this is easier said than done. And I give myself this message as well, which is learn to deal with things not always going as planned. Learn how not to be such a control freak. And we do that partially with appreciation and gratitude. Very specifically, because I'll keep bringing this into the context of a relationship. When we are constantly focusing on 
what is missing instead of what is there, we feel out of control. When we feel out of control, it is our natural impulse to control. But what if we were actually to replace that pattern, that habit of seeing the good and appreciating what's there in our lives, in our partner, in our relationship? What if we changed all that? What if we started to see the person we're in a relationship with as a gift rather than a given? What if we started to be more mindful of not just bringing our stressed out, disconnected, distracted, cranky selves home, but we did something before we got home so that we can give our partner what they deserve, which is the better parts of ourselves. What if we didn't have a relationship at all and we just did that for ourselves so that we can have more fulfilling lives? So maybe today you can start with a meditation practice, something that you get on YouTube. Maybe today you start with, I'm going to do 20 minutes a day of just total relaxation. You decide when that time is. And if you're in a relationship, you do it with them. You just, no matter how busy you are with work, kids or whatever, you slow down. You slow down and say, I'm going to slow down. This is going to be quiet time for us. And our nervous systems will co-regulate in those moments of slowing down together. And that is actually very bonding and very fortifying for the relationship. And fortifying, of course, for our bodies and our minds, separate from the relationship. Maybe today you just start with, I'm going to be aware of when my thoughts are really leaning towards the negative and just to ask myself, maybe I need rest, maybe I need a good meal, maybe I need water, maybe I need a timeout, maybe I need to communicate something that I haven't been communicating. Maybe it's hiring help. Maybe it's getting that massage. Maybe it's deciding, you know what, every Monday morning or every Friday afternoon, we're going to have that executive meeting to talk about it with my partner. So you can start today. So this episode was really in honor of Stress Awareness Month. And I wanted to, since it's such a big part of my message, I wanted to dive a little deeper into this and to how we can become more aware of our own stressful states and the impact that it has on our lives and also the lives of the people we love, specifically a romantic partner. It's all a work in progress. And I know it can be really hard to be like, wow, I'm always stressed out. But it can also be really interesting to trace where that comes from. Because oftentimes, like I said before, it comes from just a story of feeling unsafe or a story about having to be five minutes early or something that we learned from watching a parent. Maybe it's that you're someone who really needs more sleep than other people. Or you need a slower morning or you need to have certain rituals that other people don't need because you're just more susceptible to stress, that's okay. Do what you have to do. But it's really about taking the action to do it. So if you have any questions or any comments about this episode or any other episode, please reach out to me at hello at jillianonlove.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And share this. You never know whose life you could be changing. I mean, the reality is, is that we're all under a collective stress right now. That's really big time. And I think that we're all doing the best that we can 
with the tools we have, but this episode is meant to give more tools. So please share this. Probably 90% of the people you know are more stressed than they need to be. And so I thank you for listening. And until next time, here's to a deeper breath. Jillian on Love is a Q Code production, executive produced by David Henning and Steve Wilson, produced by Ryan Countshouse, edited in music by Will Tendy. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible, and if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. I'm Carlos King, one of the most sought-after executive producers in reality television. I am thrilled to announce Reality with the King, where we'll discuss all things reality TV. I have interviewed everyone from Nene Leakes, Teresa Judice, and Kenya Moore. Each episode, we will rehash shocking portrayals, honey. Yes! Hilarious shade. And all the drama. Reality with the King podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts.